The Rough Drafts Podcast is sponsored by Unicorn.com, the world's premier esport betting site. Log on today to bet on all your favorite esports titles at the simple click of a button. Choose your game, choose your team, earn Unicorns, and who knows, maybe you'll earn enough to enter to win any number of fabulous prizes, such as Logitech peripherals or CSGO skins in their marketplace. Unicorn.com. Log on today. Welcome back to another exciting and interesting edition of the Rough Drafts Podcast. I say interesting because once again we are diving into a region that I try to stay away from like the plague because it doesn't interest me. And despite its successes on the international stage, anytime I gloss over it in my Twitch directory at 4 o'clock in the morning, I'm just like, why would I watch this when there's no English broadcasts and I can just watch Korea or China and there are people I like there and, every, you know, 90% of the teams are actually League of Legends teams. And I'm saying this just to tilt Chase because I have him muted in OBS still. But that's <laughs> fine. Hi, Chase. How do you feel when I say those nasty, nasty things about one of your favorite regions? I mean, there are a lot of things I could say, none of which would be appropriate for this venue. So... <laughs> You can just play along at home, reader. Do your uh, do some Mad Libs. <laughs> fill in the blanks for yourselves. I mean, look, it's not like I've been writing for over two years now about how the LMS needs an English cast or Obscurica has done countless piece after countless piece on how Riot has ignored the development of the scene and how fragile it is based on the fact that Riot hasn't encouraged any outside investment, so it's so top-heavy that eventually, if even one of the top three or four teams pulls out, the region's screwed. We're just going to ignore all of those things as problems and make jokes about the fact that Taiwan is in the situation that it is. That'll make things better. I, well, I love it. Well, I love it, fine. Walter. I love it it's so fine. much. It, it's totally fine because, you know what? We get to ignore all of those things today and just get to talk about one of the top three teams in the region. We do. It's AHQ Esports. We have West Store back at Worlds again. Did he retire? He's, do I remember something at the end of Worlds last year that he was, like, retiring or something? I, I What's been going on with this team? Look, he's the Brett Favre of League of Legends. Every time we think he's out, they pull him back Got in. It. That's Got just it. how this goes. Wes, you know, and it's one of those things where I hope that he never retires. I hope that 10 years from now, Westor is still playing Fizz and Twisted Fate on the World Champions of Stage. And there are like 300 champions. And they're like, you know that like no, like no one even remembers who these are anymore. He's like, I don't care, man. Twisted Fate forever. No, genuinely, this is a team that it's easy to have an attachment to, even if you're not particularly attached to Taiwan as a region, because it's the exact same team from last split. And unless you're a Cloud9 fan, it was really fun to watch them come back, win those couple games they needed to force the tiebreaker with Cloud9, and fight their way out of the group stage. It was a great storyline for a team that had a lot of young talent at the time that needed to improve. And this is the version of the team that has now had a whole year to improve. And what did we get? 
a worse record in the LMS and a worse spot as far as seeding goes. Not that seeding mattered last year in regionals, but it did this year. Uh, all because they lost in a very close series to, se- uh, to the Flash Wolves in the semifinals, which, if you remember my Flash Wolves uh, recap, probably should have been an AHQ victory. They cost themselves, and that's something that you're going to hear me say a couple times when describing AHQ and their strengths and weaknesses. Uh, Westor is here in all of his roaming mid lane assassin glory. Bask, you you bask at the altar of forgiven. I bask at the temple of Westor and all of the wonderful things that he does. And by wonderful, I mean absolutely downright terrifying. Like I'm watching an episode <laughs> of Daredevil, and I just don't know if he's going to make it out of this fight alive. At the very least, it's going to be really close and really bloodied. I. Uh, you know, he's fun. He's just a fun player to watch. And they've built a team that is built around the fact that they have this guy who loves mobile assassin roaming mid laners and just let him do his thing. And because of that, they have, you know, a jungler in Mountain who's been able to redirect his game appropriately and start focusing more on just getting Ziv ahead because Ziv has now learned to be self-sufficient because who knows what Westor is doing in the first 10 minutes? Certainly not the rest of his teammates. Uh, All we know is that he's going to be at least 10 CS down on average, and he will have probably done it by trying to get two or three kills by the 10-minute mark. And and On and Albus are just going to be there going, yep, we're a good bot lane that everyone forgets to talk about. That's us. We're just well, there. Well, then let, let's let's talk about them. My first question, honestly, is that everyone everyone knows Westor. Everybody knows who Westor is. He is, like you said, the signature Fizz player where when you're in pick and ban phase, you're like, all right, so in Doa voice, all right, so what are they going to pick here? Well, Fizz is available. <laughs> I just love when, when Doa is like that, when they're in the pick ban phase, and he's like, well, you know this. I, and you're like, yeah, Doa, that's perfect. That perfectly said. That's absolutely wonderful. Yeah. And it pains me that we won't see him at Worlds. But let's talk about this bot lane then, because nobody needs to hear more about Westor. Oh, we need to hear Tell more about, about Westor. I have more to say about Westor. Just we can talk about him later. T- talk to me about Aon and Elvis. I want to I want to learn about Aon and Elvis. Okay. You just hyped him up that nobody talks about him. So talk about him. I did look. <laughs> what you need to know about Aon and Elvis is that they're going to be one of the most average bot lanes at this tournament, which is to say that they're going to be better than the bad ones and they're going to be worse than the good ones. There isn't anything particularly about their playstyle that makes you go, "Oh my god, I can't believe they did that." Uh, but there's never going to be anything that made you say oh my god, I can't believe they just did that. Like, it's not, you're not going to get either of those extremes. What you're going to get is consistency, which is exactly what a team like AHQ needs because nothing else about this team is consistent. If you look at the first 10 minutes, On and Albus love to just farm. They're just going to stay in their lane. They're going to get a big CS lead because Westor and all of the other craziness that's going around in the top lane, the enemy's going to be focused there. And On's just like, I'll get my CS. I'll be ready for the team fights around the 20, 25 minute mark. And suddenly I'll be a super big threat that you all forgot about because no one pays attention to the bot lane when playing AHQ because so much craziness is happening over here. 
It's like uh, in any of those kind of old Star Trek episodes where, you know, it goes to some fight scene that ultimately doesn't make a difference because you know that Kirk or Picard aren't actually going to be in trouble. And then it cuts <laughs> back and they're like, actually, everything on the tech bridge is fixed, just off camera. And you just totally didn't notice. That's what they do. They fix things off camera that you don't notice by just being an incredibly consistent, uh, incredibly reliable bot lane. They don't die a whole bunch of times. They don't get themselves in trouble. They know how to punish people who are out of position like NL every time. But it's also really tough to gauge exactly how strong they are because the other bot lanes in this region are weak. This is a region that defines itself by mid lane play more than anything else, kind of like Europe used to be. And so are they really good or are they good for Taiwan? I'm not entirely sure. What I do know is they're not going to be bad. They are certainly not a weakness for this team. And in a team that has as much zany, animaniac-style antics over here, it's sometimes just nice to know that you can have like a really nice, solid, you know, consistent bot lane that will do their job. And that's what they'll do. They'll do their job. So you're saying that Forgiven is going to finally get his 2v2 bot lane. Wonderful. I am so glad to hear that. See, that assumes that Backstairs is not going to recognize this or that Westor is going to play to a logical conclusion, which is really not something you should assume. Uh, He played a lot of champions in the tournament, but the two that you really need to watch out for are his Twisted Fate and his Talia. And he, if the ult is up, he's using it, man. And he doesn't care which lane is coming in. If Forgiven wants to push in on the bot lane, and there were a couple times where uh, either the uh, the Hong Kong esports bot lane or the Flash Wolves bot lane, you know, they'll push in. You know, NL will have something like a Sivir, so he's just farming safely. And then suddenly, Westdoor and just gets the gold card and someone's dead. And on and Elvis are like, do to do, I'll keep farming. Thanks for stopping by, Westdoor. Appreciate the cameo. You know, it's, it's Westdoor is 1v2ing under tower, and on and Elvis are just like, we're at our own tower. Using the slave. Good like, job, Westdoor, as you die. Look, that's kind of how this goes if you look at how the stats end up i mean it's not to say that they don't have uh the ability to do well in team fights i actually think they team fight quite well in that they position themselves in an incredibly good spot the problem with ahq and the reason that we don't talk about on and albus all that much is because they're never going to be the ones deciding the game what's going to decide the game is how many kills is Westor ahead or behind and if it was cassidy at this tournament It was behind, and it was behind badly, (laughs) and it was really, really hard to watch. If it was Twisted Fate, I had to watch, like, you know, like, you have to watch a horror movie with, like, your hands just slightly peeking through with your eyes. Like, you can barely watch, and yet somehow every time it worked out, even when it had no logical reason to do so. And when it's Talia, he just looks like he's on point. He just looks like a really, really, really good roaming mid laner and that's before any of these 618 changes where who knows how many more roaming mid laners going to be in the meta the idea of putting him on rise is something that is salivating as well so 
I mean, that's this, this is the Westor way, right? He can help on and Albus when he's playing a team like EDG. I imagine they're going to try to make it so that Deft doesn't just have his way with that bot lane. I imagine that if Forgiven starts playing carry champs, he'll go there. But if Forgiven's playing Sivir or Ash, they'll just leave that lane to itself and they'll focus everything on the guy that really deserves the attention, which is Ziv. And Ziv is the guy that I think makes or breaks... Well, I shouldn't say that. Westor makes or breaks this team because he can literally cost them a game by being down 1-5-4 at 15 minutes. I have seen that happen. But the thing that's going to turn the game, if it's not decided by the 20-minute mark, it's going to be Ziv. And oh my God, is Ziv so much fun to watch. And I think that I mean, I mean, what do you remember about Ziv from last year? Because it's important to me, I think, to establish how much he has improved between last year and this one. I remember very little about Ziv last year because everything I know about AHQ is Westor. I'll put it this way. Uh, I don't remember him being good. Yeah. You probably didn't stand out to me, so there you go. The fact that you don't remember him says everything about it. That was when On and Albus were the carries of the team. And honestly, when when Westor wasn't carrying himself, and Mountain was a liability, and Ziv just did enough to try to not lose the game. Now, we're at the opposite end, where On and Albus have basically stayed the exact same players they are. And as League of Legends has continued, teams have gotten better, so that means that they're not quite as powerful as they used to be. But instead... Ziv has become a master of a player. His NAR is as good, if not better, than Impact's NAR. He has carried on that champion in so many times, really? in so many beautiful ways. I love it. It, it is my, one of my favorite things to see. He had a perfect three-man ultimate that turned a game in which AHQ was down significantly against Flash Wolves. And almost turned the game back around for them if they didn't immediately throw it Baron afterwards. But it was this close to winning a game off of a perfect three-man ultimate that no, I, very few people land. I mean, he, he is at that point. His Echo is the other thing that he played a lot of. And granted, a lot of the Echo stats that we have come from him playing less, you know, lesser top laners. Uh, I, I right. think that Flash Wolves in MMD have a good top laner. Uh, but... Ziv, you know, when you look at the rest of them, there, there wasn't as much competition in that particular lane. But he held his own against MMD every time. And when he gets an Echo, when he gets a Gnar, even his Gangplank, which had two of the three losing efforts they had to Flash Wolves, the only reason he lost is because MMD went crazy because he, Westor kept feeding him kills. He himself consistently played well. His KDA was off the charts. His participation was, I believe, uh, was um, around one of the higher parts of his team. 66.4%. They were very split across the map when you look at the, the overall state of things. But the guy just knows how to make plays. And he knows how to get out of bad plays. 
Um, and that's why Mountain now, Mountain doesn't gank for Westor anymore. Mountain has accepted Westor will do Westor things. He's not going to win lane. He's not going to pick champions that can try to win lane. He's going to pick champions that either need to farm or are going to get their gold by killing other people. So let me gank for Ziv. Let me get this top lane going. Let's make that 2v2 happen. And Mountain is a guy who I think has stepped up leaps and bounds. He used to be a liability for this team. Now I think he is, I would say for a North American or a Western kind of comparison, I would say he's like an ex-Smithy now, where he's still not a star, I'm still not depending on him to win me a game, but he can put the guys who are in a position to win the game in that position and do it consistently enough. He will not usually lose you games. Even against Karza, he did a very good job of not allowing himself to be counter-jungled on anything other than one Rek'Sai game in which Karza just went off. There was the one. But in every other one, he actually did a better job of tricking Karza into overextending into that jungle. And that's something that if I'm an H2K fan, I worry about is Mountain saying, oh, I'm right here, you should come chase me. And then Yankos does that, and then suddenly Westdoor and Ziv, and he's dead. And that's what we call the AHQ special. Um, so that's the way they're going to play this. I, I, you know, is it, it's going to be all down to, do you believe that Westor can still play at a high enough competitive level and get away with the fact that he makes as many attempts as he does within the first 15 minutes? And honestly, that's the thing about AHQ that worries me the most is that when Westor has a bad game, they will lose hard enough that there is no coming back. If they lose, they lose quickly, most of the time. And as the game gets extended, suddenly you're in the, is Mountain going to land the smite the way he should? You know, did we get Ziv far enough ahead that Ziv is now the real carry of this game? You know, it, is, uh, did On get enough resources now? Because we've left On alone to farm and farm and farm. Is he going to be there in these late game fights and are we going to be able to keep Westor alive long enough in the fights to at least do something rather than trying to make some weird gank from behind and then end up getting solo killed and now it's a 5v4 without your mid laner? This, <laughs> this is why it's, it's such a hard team to pin down. Uh, you know, With H2K, I said it was hard to pin down because I don't know what Forgiven's going to be. I don't know what the intangibles are. With here, I know exactly what this team is. In my opinion, they could have been the best team in Taiwan. I think if you play that series with Flash Wolves 10 times, it's at least 5-5, five to five, and I think it might even be 6-4 to four in AHQ's favor. But there's always just that opening that they give teams. And the fact that Westor is so aggressive and so hungry to make plays as soon as he hears the word go, that is exploitable by smart teams. And guys like Prawley, guys like Aaron from EDG, they are smart. They are going to notice this. Now, last year at Worlds, even teams that noticed it weren't able to stop it. There's a reason AHQ got out of groups. There's also a reason they got 3-0'd in the next series. So, right. I mean, so yeah, AHQ, you say, man. <laughs> you, you say they could have been the best team in Taiwan and they probably should have been the number one seed. It could have been. Are they the best team in this group? No. Do they make it out of this group? 45%. I think we're pretty... I'm giving them 45%. The, I give them the same odds I give H2K. I think that whether they make it out 
has everything to do with this intangible that we can't pin down. With H2K, I'm not confident in the intangibles and and keeping their confidence and making sure they're forgiven, still playing the team-based style they need him to, that they're all going to live up to the bright lights. With AHQ, it's... I don't know if they can keep getting away with some of the wins they get away with. They will have games where they just look gorgeous and they just snowball, you know, with a couple kills. I will say this. Their neutral objective control is very good. Uh, Their Baron and their Dragon control is well above average for the LMS. I think that's something that's going to translate quite well. Their vision, when he's not playing Twisted Fate, is really good. When he is playing Twisted Fate, they kind of cheat with the Destiny ult, but otherwise they do a really good job of both clearing and placing vision. Albus is good for both of those things, and that's something I probably should have given more credit for when I just named them as the doot-to-doo bot lane, but uh, whatever, I'll stick to it because it's funnier that way. Um, but can Westor keep pulling it off? Are, are teams going to be able to isolate him effectively enough? Is the meta going to be so friendly towards those kinds of mid laners that there isn't going to be an obvious counter that punishes him hard enough in lane that he can't get ahead. Uh, in this tournament, we already saw Cassadin. He looked terrible on that champion, despite the fact that it has all of the things that we would usually mark down as positives for him. On the other hand, weirdly good at Malzahar. That's a thing that he might pull out. I mean, it's been nerfed since uh, since five fifty six fifteen, I should say. But you know, anything is in play. But that's the problem with AHQ. Anything is in play. This team could look brilliant. This team could look garbage. This team can have games where they look like one of the better teams of this tournament. This team can have games where you wonder if they actually are a wild card region and your joke is correct. And honestly, it all comes down to does Mountain get Ziv far enough ahead? Does Westor get the couple kills he needs to make up for the fact that his laning phase is still terrible? Do On and Albus get to do their thing safely? Mm-hmm. And I think that 45% of the time, those things happen enough that they get out of this group. Which leaves 10% to a team that yeah. I don't think you were expecting me to give any, uh, any percentage to. Interesting. Well, you know, we can't answer any of the questions that Chase is there pose. That's what they play the games for. But I can tell you this. This has been a podcast. And they're right. There is 10% unaccounted for. I haven't been able to do my mass behind the scenes. But on that one, I double checked and there is 10% left. And we're going to get to talk about that team tomorrow when you guys come back to the channels on YouTube, just look up Rough Drafts Podcast. And over on iTunes and SoundCloud, you just want to look up Esports Rough Drafts. And if you're hankering, if you can't wait for tomorrow and you need to see our beautiful faces and listen to our beautiful voices, we'll go on over there and check out all the other videos that we've done. AHQ is just the second team that we've done today out of Group C. We did H2K just a bit earlier, and we've already gone through Groups A and B. And if you want to answer those questions about whether Mountain can or cannot succeed in getting Ziv far enough ahead so AHQ can be successful, head on over to Twitter, tweet us at at RoughDraftsPod for the podcast Twitter, or our own personal Twitters. I am at C80s underscore LOL. Chase? 
you can find me praising Taiwan in all of its glory and or crying into that same pillow I am saving for Flash Wolves over at at Redshirt King. I, I honestly, this tournament's going one of two ways for Taiwan. Either both of these teams are going to be great or they're both going to be bad. And I just, I don't know. I don't know. I've, I've watched more film of the LMS than I have for any world's preview that I have done over the years. And I still have no idea what's going to happen. It's going to be so much fun to watch this Group C. But let's talk about well, other Group C teams, Walter. Yeah. So come back tomorrow. And until then, Internet, goodbye. <laughs>